Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Welcome to another edition of the Baseball America Podcast. I'm J.J. Cooper, joined here today by Matt Eddy. Our second podcast of the day. We, we posted up the College Top 25 mm-hmm. podcast this morning. John and, and Aaron with the first college podcast of the year. But we're back again later today because... It's not often you have a a player of, of Justin Upton after traded in it. We've been expecting it. You know, there's been rumors of it all off season. We even had a trade that was kind of uh, largely worked out, but Justin Upton turned it down. But now today we have the the news that Justin Upton sent to the uh, to the Braves. I mean, yeah, Justin Upton sent to the Braves, and the Diamondbacks getting a rather large package of of prospects and, and major leaguers back in return. And I, I guess uh, you know. Your Matt Eddy does our transactions. Matt Eddy is in charge of uh, Trade Central. So I'll start off by asking you, Matt. So what stood out about this trade to you? Well, the first thing is that the two clubs effectively swapped third basemen. You, know, you got Martin Prado going to Arizona, Chris Johnson back to Atlanta. Well, he might be more in a platoon situation with the, for the Braves, but he was slated to be the Diamondbacks regular. So when you take those guys out, you have Upton for Randall Delgado, Zeke Sproul, a couple of um, ground ball-oriented right-handed starters. Uh, Nick Ahmed, who's going to be in double-A this year, shortstop. And uh, Brandon Drury, who's kind of the throw-in wild card. He could be good, and, or he could flame out before he right. reaches double-A. Oh, and Delgado, was to, to kind of break it down for people, Delgado was our number three prospect in the brace system last year, no longer eligible for prospect handbook. Uh, you know, And then they did not get – you know, this year's number one, who was sometimes rumored to be in this deal when they were kind of working on the parameters, Julio Tehran, not included. Delgado, I would say, it's safe to say, is included instead. Notably, also, I'd heard some, you know, there were some rumblings that, hey, would J.R. Graham be involved in this deal, the, the Braves' number two prospect? He's not involved. Instead, Zeke Spruill, who's the number nine prospect in the organization. Nick Ahmed, number 11 prospect in the organization. And then Brandon Drury is the number twenty-seven. All right, number twenty-seven prospect in the organization. He dropped significantly this year. Really bad first half with Rome, but he was—you couldn't find a manager or a scout in the twenty eleven Appy League who did not love that guy. He ranked, right. he ranked number two behind only Miguel Sano. I, I like that. I mean, that's the pickup I like. Is that I like getting a guy who mm-hmm. essentially at, at this point you're really talking about. It's interesting. He's had a he's had a two and a, he's had a two and a half year career, pro career. Really bad in the GCL in 2010, but you kind of throw that out because a lot of people are really bad in the GCL. It's a tough, it's a tough jump. It really is. It's a brutal. You're not playing in front of fans. It's the heat and all those things. Chipper Jones was terrible in the GCL. Mm-hmm. Then he goes to the Appy League. Great year in the Appy League for Danville. And then, as you said, he kind of really took a step back again this past year in Rome. You may be getting nothing there for the Diamondbacks. At the same time, though, there have been things. You've seen some positives there. I mean, if, especially if you had good reports on him from the Appy League, no reason not to say, you know what, he, he's going to play the year at you, – you, he's going to be a little old. You know, He's going to play the year at 22, but you, you hope kind of all comes together again. That guy could be a guy who – you you know, it's a flyer. Mm-hmm. Um, the question I wanted to ask, though, is, is that I, I've heard a lot of people saying 
I was, you know, listening to a little analysis on MLB XM, uh, you know, MLB Network Radio. As I went to lunch and all, there were fans calling in. There were people talking about, hey, well, they couldn't get Tehran, so they got Delgado instead. <laughs> to me, the if you're the Diamondbacks, you want Delgado, not mm-hmm. Tehran. I, do Absolutely. you agree with that? I think you, you could find scouts a year ago who preferred Delgado to, to Tehran. I don't think that's a stretch to say that. And that was Tehran. I mean, Delgado has two legit plus pitches. And and the other thing is is that Delgado has made has shown that he can make the jump to the big league level. Absolutely. Tehran took a, a pretty giant step back. Now, uh, the best way I can put it is is that I, I think there is a chance that Tehran. I think Tehran still has a higher ceiling than Delgado. But I think the likelihood of reaching that ceiling is, is way lower. I think with Delgado, you, you get Delgado, and you immediately are able to say, here, you're part of our rotation. Yeah, and, and furthermore, do you think it was really a situation where the Braves said, no, you can't have Tehran? You don't think they would have traded I, him? I think I they would have. Say, I, think, I, think, I think they would much I, rather trade I think Tehran you, than I Delgado. I think the same thing. I think much you rather. would much rather trade. Delgado, you feel confident, you know, he's part of our rotation. Yeah. Tehran, I don't think even after this move that you can be confident – Considering the season he had last year, no. considering some of the issues he had, you know, just really with <laughs> his stuff at times backed up last year, his command at times backed up last year, and his effectiveness really backed up last year. That being said, I don't think that you could say right now, okay, well, Tehran's just in the rotation. Good. You know, wash your hands. We know, you know, if you're the Braves. Yep. We're, we're, but at the same time, if you look at the rotation – there's not a whole lot of other options left now. <laughs> I mean, because you're, you're talking about it, the, at the front of the rotation, you've got Hudson. You know, you also have Chris Medlin, who you kind of hope can, if he can come close to matching what he did last year, mm-hmm. thumbs up. Paul Mahalam, back for uh, another year. After that, the next guy was going to be Delgado. Mike Miner. Mike Miner's now number four. If you talk about number five right now, it's it's Julio Tehran. Hmm. That's Sean Gilmartin is absolutely lights out in spring training. Um, and or somebody, some minor league guy, we're not thinking of. But but I, I do think though that this is this is an opportunity for Julio Tehran. But I, I'll put it this way: if Julio Tehran doesn't break camp in the rotation, that's a pretty good sign. Again, just a reminder: yes, you, if you're the Diamondbacks, th- this trade was about <laughs> getting Delgado, not Tehran. And that doesn't mean again. I think Tehran was still the number one prospect in the Braves organization. And I think he'll still be a top hundred guy when we get run, you know, around doing our top hundred prospects list. He's not mm-hmm. going to rank nearly as high in that top hundred this year as he did last year. I he think. won't be top ten. No, 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 <laughs> no, no. But I think that's safe to say. Now, you look at this. Uh, there's, it's interesting that this trade was rumored long enough that that there was almost the rumors of this trade. There was an entirely different trade. It almost seemed like there was, you know, rumors as we talked about the head Tehran. They're talking about J.R. Graham. Talking about Evan Gaddis. Yeah, that's right. You know. This trade ended up being a, a different trade, a very different trade than that. From the from the Diamondback side, okay, who do you think? Is Delgado the key piece in this deal to oh, you? Oh, yeah, yeah. Who's the I, second most important? I, I think Prado. I think he's an underrated major league asset. They only have one year of control on him, but they're rumored to be extending him. But this is a guy I think is, is underrated. I mean, strong contact skills, strong walk rate. He's going to hit average. He's going to you know scrape double-digit home runs. And has some position versatility, which obviously is going to be their third baseman. That's really the, mm-hmm. the plan for him. But this is a, a situation, you know, when they had Chris Johnson, Chris Johnson was not something where they were pointing this and saying, mm-hmm. hey, Chris Johnson, he's our third baseman. We're not, you know, considering any other situations because, you know, Chris Johnson just has that job. 
Well, they, they also traded uh, Ryan Wheeler this offseason. Right. They've traded two third basemen. But what I was going to say, though, is, is that let's say that midpoint of the season or late in the season, let's say if Matt Davidson's ready hmm. and you think he can play third base every day, Martin Prado, you, you have that versatility. He can play in a lot of different places. That's true. Um, the thing that is interesting to me is, is I you know, I've seen some people tweeting out, uh, you know, comparing the war last three, last four years for Upton and, and Prado. And I've also seen people pointing out, like, you know, last year a lot of Prado's value, when you look at wins above replacement, was based on his defensive rating in left field. which A crazy UZR, right? Right. That being said, though, if you just look at their offensive war, two of the last four years, Prado has hmm. exceeded Upton's offensive war. If you if you think that the defensive numbers, you know, okay, that might be a little bit more. And that's the ballparks coming into play, too. Right. So the, the thing that stands out is his – for this next year, I, I think I would expect Justin Upton to produce more than Martin Prado, but it's not a, a slam dunk because I mean Martin Prado is a a very solid offensive player. Sure. And again, if you can get that at third base, and I don't think there's any question he can play third base, then I mean that 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 stands out. The other thing that did strike me about this deal is is that this is this is it for Justin Upton as far as I mean he's he's still young enough. There's always been this feeling of man, he, he's just not. He's not having the season. He's had basically one season like the seasons that are expected of Justin Upton. Right, like MVP candidate right. seasons. Right, he's had one of those, <clears throat> which that isn't bad. I mean, he's again, he was 24, <laughs> but, you know, he's 24 now. Well, the thing about it is, though, is that he's now, you can throw away any questions of is he not happy in the, you know, in, with the team he's, you know, with. They've been talking about trading and all that. Okay, that's all gone. You also throw, you know, he's playing with his brother. Mm-hmm. Everything is set up for Justin Upton now. If Justin Upton, because he's going to basically be nearing his peak age as a Brave, barring a, another a, a truly unexpected second trade, if these next three years aren't what we expect out of Justin Upton, there are no real, you know, barring injury, there are no excuses. I mean, this is set up for Justin Upton to be the star that kind of we've all expected him to become. Yeah, it's going to be fascinating to watch. You know, when, when we talk about that trade that Upton, Upton vetoed to the Mariners, which, from the Diamondbacks' perspective, which haul would you rather have received if if that Mariners package is to be believed? And the Mariners package, just for our listeners, help me if I'm missing someone here. Okay, so it was, Taiwan, it was one of the big three. Mm-hmm. And it Walker. Seemed, let's say it's Walker. Let's say it's Taiwan Walker, who I, we both, I think, agree is the, the, the best of the three. So Taiwan Walker, Nick Franklin. Nick Franklin. Uh, Stephen Pryor? I think so. I think it was Pryor. And I want to say there might have been a fourth player involved. Like a throw-in piece who's either a, a lower prospect or maybe a young major leaguer. Uh, to me, I, I, I want the I want the uh, the Mariners trade. Because of the upside? Yeah. I mean, you could say that in 2013 is the Braves trade maybe going to help you a little bit more. I mean, especially because Martin Prado. Martin Prado is very likely to produce more in 2013 right. than anyone, you know, in that proposed Mariner trade. Because Martin Prado is, is a big league vet at, on the tail end of the prime of his career, heading into free agency at the end of the year, you know, potentially all those things. Martin Prado is a more productive player for 2013. Mm-hmm. But I also think when you have Justin Upton signed for the next three years, if your logic is, is we think, it's a better, you know, that we're playing for 2013. Well, then this was a bad trade. <laughs> you don't trade away Justin Upton's because you say, you know, I mean, you're playing, you're 
the the argument has to be um, we think it's going to help us more long term, and if you're doing that, I, I think the the chance that Taiwan Walker is going to end up as an ace is better than Delgado. Um, you know, if I think that Nick Franklin is better than Nick Ahmed, although Ahmed I think has a better chance of staying at short, mm-hmm. you know, long term, but. They just traded for their their new Derek Jeter and, and Didi Gregorius, so I, I don't think that they really are looking. Ahmed is the backup plan. It is I, it seems to me like we were talking about this earlier today. Ahmed is probably two years away, mm-hmm. so Didi Gregorius has two years here to prove, hey, I'm the guy. Although the, you know, and if not, Ahmed could be that guy. Well, ex- unless there's also rumors that the Diamondbacks may turn around and look to trade Ahmed in a package to the uh, Tigers for Rick Porcello, which <laughs> that would be fascinating. I mean, that would, you know, the Diamondbacks just they they would earn the they would have win the offseason as far as most moves, most intriguing moves. And look at that. I mean, Towers attempting to trade for another ground ball pitcher, Porcello. In this deal, he gets Delgado. He gets Spruill. Uh, yeah, Zeke Spruill. Spruill. By the way, it, someone feel free to tweet if I just mispronounce <laughs> that because I mispronounce names all the time. But I, everyone I've talked to has said Sproul. So and Sproul. then last offseason, he trades Jared Parker for Trevor Cahill. This is somebody who's definitely got shortstops and ground ball starting pitchers on his mind. The other team that tried this, uh, you know, they, this was they did it a different way because they went with vets, but the, uh, the Indians tried to build a ground ball staff in 2012, <laughs> and, and it did not go well for them. Well, two of them were really low strikeout guys, Derek Lowe, uh, the former Foster Carmona. Right, and, and the other thing is, is that to the Diamondbacks' credit on this, they are building a better infield defense to go with mm-hmm. this than, than the, uh, the and, Indians. And guys with firmer stuff, Delgado and Kale, firmer stuff. Oh, absolutely. Spru- uh, Spruill, I don't think, is going to be a big strikeout guy in the major leagues, but... It is fascinating, though, is just that, I mean, this now, this is Kevin Towers' team. Yeah. <laughs> <I> mean, <laughs> we traded three of the last five first-round picks. It did not take long <laughs> for him to say, put his stamp in and say, nope, this is my team. And, hey, for good or bad, if it works, he gets credit. He deserves credit because he. this isn't, well, you won with the guys who you inherited. This is you turned around and, and decided you were going to make a team in a different direction. And if it doesn't work, at the flip side, you don't have, you know, if put it this way, if Trevor Bauer goes out this year and is really good with the Indians, that's, that's on KT, you know. And if, if you look at and Justin Upton over the next three years is the Justin Upton that many people expect he will be, that's on that's on the Diamondbacks. That's on Kevin Towers. I mean, it's a these are moves that you make if you are a very confident GM. A a GM who's a little you know, and I don't think there are a whole lot of GMs out there like this. But if you're a GM who's not really confident in your scouts, in your front office, and in yourself and your decision making, there's a lot of these trades that have a high risk that they could really come back and, and burn the Diamondbacks to me. What do you think? I think that's fair. Um, yeah, uh, Bauer third pick, Upton first pick, both consensus top talents in their drafts. Um, both have reached the major leagues. Jared Parker, for that matter, Jared. another first round pick. Who, you know, as you said, he, you know, he traded away. I mean, it's it's amazing. It's it's amazing that when we were talking a year ago, if we'd have been having this podcast talking about the Diamondbacks, the thing we were talking about is is all their starting pitching depth. Hmm. And what's interesting is is that. 
their uh, their rotation is much is dramatically different in many ways than what would have been projected to be. You know, going into 2013, Trevor Bauer is not part of it. Randall Delgado is part of it. Mm-hmm. There's, you know, it, at one point last year you were talking about okay at the top end of their farm system as far as pitchers you had Skaggs you had Bauer you had Parker you had uh, uh, they still have Corbin too Corbin you know you have uh, uh, Miley, uh, Miley yeah what Miley who had a great year last year as a rookie you know it's the farm system was strong when they came in they're using it in different ways to to see you know what they can do for, for 2013 for the Braves now you obviously Putting Upton an an outfield of Upton Upton and Hayward looks mm. pretty good. Mm-hmm. Looks very good. What do you think though? The thing that stands out to me is is that, and I think that is I think if you're the Braves, you make this move with the idea that the the upgrade you get with Upton should counteract any loss of pitching depth or a hole at third base. But I, I do look at third base right now and say. Chris Johnson won Francisco. <laughs> How long can that go? <laughs> um, well, <laughs> I think it's going to be one of the top scoring teams in the National League. And plus, the, the Braves are motivated now by looking up at the Nationals and looking at this, what looks like a super team on paper, and thinking, this, you know, if we want to help level the odds to help try to win the East and make the Nationals come in through the wild card. You know, it's, it's almost like a Yankees-Red Sox situation. It is. I mean, it's a fascinating situation, but... I will be very interested because I really I thought when Chris Johnson was with the Diamondbacks I was expecting you know that by midseason he would no longer be their third baseman. Now it's kind of okay. Who's going to be? Is it going to be? <laughs> I'll put it this way: if you do have an outfield of Hayward, Upton, and Upton, and Juan Francisco's in the lineup the same night, there are nights where that could could be oh okay and uh, you know so and so struck out twelve last night as the uh, Braves <laughs> fell because yeah well you know that's a lot of swing and miss that's. Not all bad because the swing and miss comes with a lot of and you know oh it landed over the fence but yeah well I think you know third base and second base look like they're going to be the weakest offensive positions unless Ugla bounces back in a big way you know because they're going to have McCann yeah, and thing. Freeman and you know Simmons will be good for a shortstop. That's interesting. Sounds like Simmons is going to be the leadoff hitter now, which that that's going to be an interesting. That seems like a stretch of a role for him in his first full season, but I don't Could think be. they also have <laughs> a whole lot of options. They really, uh, as you pointed out, I mean. There are a lot more middle lineup hitters here than that. That's the thing that they do lose in trading away Martin Prado. Martin Prado was the table setter at the top. Now it's it's really a lineup with a lot of guys who who would normally project about somewhere between third and sixth in the lineup. Yeah, not a terrible thing to have, you know. But no, it's it's an interesting group. You know, but we did want to. We hadn't talked about the other trade, other big trade that's happened here in 2013. If you want all of our analysis, go to you know baseballamerica.com/slash today slash majors slash trade hyphen central or you just <laughs> lose the drop down on the major section go to trade central that way uh, i think there's also one on the front page of baseballamerica.com but so i, I did want to ask you speaking of mariners we you know the mariners were involved in the other significant trade of 2013 yeah, upton spurned them so they went they turned to the nationals instead michael and pick, morse and picked up mike morse um, and they sent john jaso uh down the uh down the highway to oakland and then the Nationals said, "AJ Cole, we we <laughs> we liked you even when we did trade you to you know. So come on back home." So. Yeah, shades of Gio Gonzalez going back and forth to the White Sox again and again. <laughs> um, yeah. So what did you think uh, on that deal? Uh, you know, I know it goes against the the conventional wisdom out there, but I I, I like it for the Mariners getting a big 
a big power bat like Morse at a position left field first base that they, that they really needed it. I think they're selling high on Jaso. I don't think there's many teams who would be willing to give him 100 starts at catcher. And the Mariners didn't even do that last year. Right. The interesting thing I'm fascinated to see now is, is what does this mean as far as Jesus Montero yeah. catcher? Does this mean that they're – I mean, I, I can't imagine they're not going to go out and get someone else hmm. to kind of help fill in, you know, solidify their, you know, at, at catcher. But but this does seem like maybe this means that Jose, you know, that Jesus Montero is going to play more catcher than it's maybe a, a lot of us. It's a strong signal. <laughs> I mean, they traded they, his chief competitor. Well, they, they not only traded his chief competitor, but they are now pretty, you know, unless you're ready to give up on Justin Smoke, they're, 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 they're end of the, the easy end of the defensive spectrum guys are, are pretty full up now. I mean, they, yeah, they, because they brought Abanez back, and he can only play DH, essentially, against right-handers. You got Morrison left field every day, Smoke at first every day, you know. And and I do think this is the last year that Justin Smoke <laughs> – Justin Smoke's <laughs> got to do something this year, or or this is the end of the Justin Smoke uh, – wait, where 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 is gone – you know, where is Justin Smoke gone, you know, would be the question at the end of this year if, if he has not – has a better year. I know he was a little bit improved at the end of last year, but, but mm-hmm. still – that's that's obviously a, a a prospect trade that has not worked out yet, uh, as the Mariners would have would have hoped and expected. No. <laughs> but what do you think also on this? The, the AJ Cole going back. You know, usually a lot of times I've I've had scouts tell me when you see a guy traded, they they often go, hmm, mm-hmm. makes me wonder. I, I think if you have that, you know, if you're a scout and you have that question with AJ Cole, I think you can clearly say take that away now because if a team's willing to trade. The the interesting thing is is I feel like that the Nationals they traded high on AJ Cole last year, and then I think they're getting him back at a little bit lower rate this year. Yeah, I agree because he's not somebody who went sideways last year. He went backward. You know, he he went to high A to start the year and it was terrible. And they sent and the A's sent him back to the Midwest League and he was good. I think he ranked in Jim's top ten in the Midwest League. Uh, he was a guy who's got the size and and the stuff that you look for in, in a right-handed starting prospect, but the results above low A have not been there. So. They they have are either very familiar with him and like like what they remember working with him, or they just have great reports on his on his stuff last year. Well, and but I like that if you're a team, like if you sold high on a guy, the guy goes the next year and falls on his face a little bit in a new organization. I'm kind of surprised they didn't get Brad Peacock back in the deal too. Like, <laughs> hey, you didn't, you know, we'll, don't worry, we'll fix him too. Do <laughs> you know, hey, because Peacock obviously also, I mean, really took a step back last year. Yeah. You're talking about a guy who was a top sixty prospect. The year before, and Derek Norris ends up getting all the playing time. <laughs> <laughs> you know, but but I do think, for the national standpoint, if you bring about, you know, clearly they do believe in him. Clearly, they mm-hmm. think, you know, hey, we can fix this guy because it was. I mean, it was a pretty. I know, as you said, he he improved when he got back to the Midwest League, but it was a pretty much a falling on his face when he went up to High A. I mean, yeah. And the ERA when your ERA is uh sounds like a Boeing jet. You're you're never in good shape. Uh, to quote well, yeah, he he ranks high on that A's list and. As I said, the, the the body and the stuff are there. So we'll Nationals see. like the history. <laughs> but well, this was you know we want to keep this one pretty tight because we already you already have seventy minutes to listen to uh, today with the uh, the college podcast. But we did want to uh, uh, also remind you we've got great news. If you've seen it, if you're following us on Twitter at, at Baseball America. Oh, by the way, that's Matt's at at Eddie M K. Yes, and I'm at JJ Coop thirty six. But We've tweeted the photos out. We've posted them on our Facebook page. I think we've also put a fo- you know photo up on the uh, front page of the site. The prospect handbook is here. 
So order if you want it, if you want to get it soon, the best way to do it is order it through us. Um, if you you know go to baseballamerica.com and go to the store at um, baseballamerica.com, you can purchase it now. If you do that, to buy it through us. Not only do you get it first because the the bookstores and all are not going to get it for at least a little while longer. It always comes to us first, and then the dist- the distribution channels for that way take a little bit longer. But you also get an additional 30 scouting reports because we do the 31st prospect in or- every organization. And this year you also got a new thing. You also get a uh, five-card pack of uh, Topps Bowman cards to go with it as well. So it's there's a lot of reasons to, to get your hands on your prospect handbook now, and they are shipping out now. So if you already have ordered it, and a lot of people on the podcast uh, do, it's not going to be long. I know Ronnie and the rest of our uh, crew that, that ships them out is, is busy at work now. His so. tape gun is blazing. The tape gun is blazing. So, again, thank you for uh, for the, the download. Thank you for this download the second time today. A lot of great stuff up on the site today. We had a new preseason top 25 with very in-depth scouting reports on all 25 <laughs> teams. We have Matt's analysis of the uh, Upton trade. You know, obviously a good companion to this podcast. And we got the Dodgers top 10 coming up tomorrow. We've still got Three teams left of uh, top tens. We have Dodgers tomorrow, and then Monday we have is it, is it Padres Monday. Padres Monday. Yes. That's Matt. Yep. And then wrapping it up, uh, rounding uh, third and headed to home on. So it'll be Giants on Wednesday. Next Wednesday they'll wrap it up, and then that means that top hundred prospects is not far. You know, a couple weeks away from unveiling our top hundred as well. So. Thanks again for the download, everyone, and we will be back uh, shortly. We got an NOS top ten pro- podcast, you know, prospects podcast. I'm sure Matt will be involved in uh, coming up uh, before too long. So, thanks again, everybody. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich, but you're the Fileo Fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.